Welcome to Compare to Who, the podcast to help you stop comparing and start living. I'm your host, Heather Creekmore. I hate to admit this, but I used to secretly obsess over my appearance. I thought it was part of my job as a woman to always look better, but never felt like I could be good enough. Maybe you can relate. God, in His grace, showed me a way out, and I want to give you all the tools you need to break free too. If you've ever spent too much time stressing over your looks, I get it. I hope you'll keep listening and find the same freedom I have. Here are three other things you should know about me. I'm a minivan driving mom of four. I'm author of the book Compared to Who and The Burden of Better. I'm a blogger at ComparedToWho.me, and you just may have seen my epic big fail on Netflix. If you've ever struggled with comparison or body image issues, Compared to Who is the show for you. I hope you enjoy today's episode, and hey, tell a friend about it. Hey there, Heather Creekmore here. I am so glad you're listening to the Compared to Who podcast today. Today, we're going to have some fun talking to my friend, Sarah Geringer. She's an author, self-published a couple books, traditionally published a couple. She has a book called Transforming Your Thought Life. And friends, I had her on, I think it was last year, and we talked all about our thought lives, how really most of our problems start in our heads. And she's written this amazing book all about how you can transform your thought life through Christian meditation, which is really just meditating on scripture. So we talked all about that the last time we talked. And in that conversation, she mentioned boundaries. And I thought, ooh, boundaries, that would be such a good topic for us to talk about on the show again. So Sarah's back. We're going to talk boundaries, especially if you have a hard time wanting to please people, if you like having other people approve of you, maybe family members, maybe the holidays is a time when this becomes especially difficult for you. Today's show is going to have something great for you. But we are also going to talk about how to help teens. Sarah has a brand new book for teens, and it's the same as her adult book, but only it's teenageized. I don't think that's really a word, but she has transformed her Transforming Your Thought Life book into a teenage version. And we're going to talk about what teens are struggling with and how this resource could be really helpful. If you know a teen struggling with anxiety, depression, loneliness, anger, all those things, this could be a really great resource for you. So I hope you'll enjoy today's interview with Sarah Geringer. Here we go. Sarah, thanks so much for being on the show today. I am so glad to be back a second time with you, Heather. Yes. And I'm glad you said that because I haven't had very many guests back a second time, but your show was really popular. The first episode we did together, we talked about transforming your thought life, which is the title of your book. And we talked about really how to what, take thoughts captive and really how to just change what we think. So it was a really powerful episode. I hope everyone listening to this one will listen to that one too. But today I wanted to come back because in that episode, we kind of touched on a couple of things. It was like, Ooh, I want to do a whole episode on that. Ooh, I want to talk about that. And then you have a brand new book coming out for teens. I know I have some teen listeners and I think that you guys are going to love it. If you are a mom of teens or an aunt of teens or a grandma of teens, I think this would be a really tremendous book for you guys to check out too. So Sarah, we're going to talk about that before we get off of this show. Okay. So don't let me forget that, <laughs> but, sure. uh, but I tell you where I want to start is we talked about thought lives last time. And what came out of that was the topic of 
boundaries. And I feel like every single time I'm coaching someone, we go to that boundaries issue. It comes up over and over again. And maybe you're listening today and you're like, boundaries? What does that mean? Fences? What's she talking about? (laughs) Sarah, explain to us what the concept of boundaries is. Boundaries is realizing that God has created you for a certain purpose. You have limitations, but within those limitations is a lot of freedom if you can steward it well. Yeah. So I think where I messed up, where a lot of us mess up, is thinking that other people set those boundaries for us. And God actually gives us a lot of agency in our own lives to set those boundaries, boundaries of yes and boundaries of no, to protect us and to help us have the best life possible. So if you, if you have an immediate negative reaction to boundaries, it's probably because you don't understand that they're for your good. Yeah. And I had to learn that myself. Well, it's interesting. The word you used in describing boundaries was you included the word thinking. It, this is a mental struggle, right? This is what we think, which is what we believe about what we should do and how we should operate and how much time is appropriate to you know spend on this activity or that activity or with these people or that. And I know for so many women that I talk to, this is a struggle of people expect this of me. You know, I'm expected to like always do this at the holidays or I'm expected, you know, to, you know, be this kind of mom or look this way. My family looks this way and they expect me to look this way. And developing our own sense of self doesn't happen when we don't have those boundaries, right? I mean, how would you describe it? I can talk to you about the season in my life when I needed to develop boundaries and I first realized that. So uh, this was when we had uh, two children, ages two and just a few months old, and Christmas was coming. Now we have, uh, both of us have divorced parents who are remarried. So we had four sets of parents. And then we also had my grandparents and we are blessed because everybody lives within a hundred mile radius, but then that can can create big problems during the holidays Uh in terms of expectations. Okay. So we had already gone through two Christmases of being, the, the first ones with a grandkid. So everybody wants a piece of that. But by celebration number five, we were exhausted. We were cranky and irritable and not even enjoying it. And of course, our precious little son wasn't either. So we're going into this, this third Christmas with children and wanting something different. It had caused fights between my husband and I. So we went and talked to our pastor And he helped us come up with a plan uh, that we could introduce to our families that would honor us first. And this is what he said. Here's the deal. You two are a family of your own right now. And you need to set the rules for how you want to live your life, which really were boundaries, quite honestly. And what do you want? What do you want Christmas to look like for you and your children? What do you want that to look like? So we explored that. And he's like, okay, so what is going to have to be taken out 
So that's possible because you need to build a protective barrier around this thing that you want, which is good. Like he, he affirmed that was a good want that we had a good desire. So you can't have all of these things and have that. So you've got to set some boundaries around this so that you can have that. And both of us having come out of situations where every Christmas was drama, our entire lives, as far back as we could remember, we did not want that for our children. And that meant setting some boundaries. So what happened, and this is a really important part of talking about boundaries, Heather, and I know you're going to relate to this. What happened was chaos in our family when we set these boundaries. His family blamed me. Mm. My family blamed him. Mm-hmm. But what happened was the very first time we actually had a couple hours on Christmas morning with no drama because we had set boundaries yeah. around our own family. And that was important. That was yeah. more important than pleasing all of these relatives who loved us right. and really did want to see us, but we're also a bunch of boundary busters. Right. So right. if you're going to set boundaries, you have to expect pushback but that's a sign that you're doing the right thing. Right. Yeah. But ouch. Right. I mean, so it's November. It's November. Okay. So Mm -hmm. this is, I'm glad you shared that story, Sarah, because this is a very real thing that a lot of people listening probably have to make decisions about within the next couple of weeks. Like what are we going to do for the holidays? Oh, do we go through the drama again? That sort of thing. But you are so right. When you push back and say, no, this is what I want to do. If you were raised in a family where boundaries are not existent, (laughs) it is going to be hard. It is. And, and, you know, I think what's what's so hard and, and what I find pretty much like every single client I coach, this comes up, but it's the approval part, right? Right. It's the, I I am going to have to sacrifice your approval to make this decision for what I want. And I, and I want us to be clear too, because I hear you saying what I want, what's best for us. And I know that you mean that in the context of like, you know, after God's, God's desires, like, you know, you mean that in a, after you've got that settled, (laughs) then we have the freedom. Right. But, but it's like, just even, I think invoking that privilege, right? Like I've sought God. I, you know, I know what he wants for my life. Like this, like, like you said, your pastor said, this is a good thing, but still making that decision that is maybe contrary to what a family member expects. Ouch. So what did you do? What did you do when everyone was mad? How'd you handle it? You know, what I did was, uh, I went back to my pastor and I'm like, nobody, <laughs> nobody's happy about this. And he's like, I understand, you know, and, and you need to, I was part of a small group at church and he was the pastor in charge of small groups. And he's like, you need to be leaning on your Christian sisters for encouragement because your family's not going to be there for you probably this year. Like they're all throwing a fit about it, but a lot of them will probably come around in that gap, lean on the body of Christ. For support. And so what happened was then I started getting curious about boundaries. And so I went to Barnes and Noble and I looked at this book on the shelf. It's called Boundaries. Mm -hmm. It sold millions of copies. Mm -hmm. 
the time of this recording. And that book changed my life. It changed my life and uh, all for the better. I think I read it straight through in one sitting. Mm -hmm. And two things that stood out to me about that book were authors explained the Bible in such a way I'd never seen before. And it was all true. And it showed me that Jesus was okay with saying no. So I could be too. Oh, hey, it's November, the month when many of us think about giving and supporting our favorite causes. If this podcast or ministry has blessed you, compared to who could use your sponsorship for the year ahead, there are several ways to give. You can donate through Patreon, or you can use the Buy Me a Coffee program. Even a gift of $5 helps. Go to comparetowho.me slash podcast and scroll to the bottom for all the links you need to support this show. And hey, if giving money is your thing, no problem. Leave a review. Those five-star reviews are as good as gold. Thanks so much for considering. I'm grateful for you. They lay out what is boundaries and they kind of lay the framework. And then there's different chapters, boundaries at work, boundaries with your family, boundaries, you know, with your parents, with your children. But the first giant chapter is boundaries in yourself. So you have to learn to steward those boundaries in yourself first before you can really set boundaries in a healthy way on other people. So I had a lot of work to do and that was good. It was good for me to do that. Um, A few years later, I ended up going to a Christian counselor and I spent five years with him. And that's when I really, really dug into why is it so hard for me to set boundaries? And he helped me see that and helped me help me enforce those boundaries that needed to be enforced. And I can tell you today, this Christmas we're heading into, I've got a 17 year old, a 15 year old and a 13 year old. And I can look back on that Christmas, 2006, when we set those boundaries and say, I don't regret a thing other than not doing it sooner. Yeah. So I, it didn't hurt my kids. Mm -hmm. It made our family stronger. It actually, as they grew, they started to see, because quite honestly, there's a couple family members now in 2021 who still aren't happy with us about Uh it. So, you know, if, if that's true, we've got some toxicity in there and you've really got to set boundaries against toxic people for sure. But I think it, it actually showed the kids the value of setting boundaries in terms of protecting what's, what's of value to you. And that is our personal time together as a family on Christmas, just the five of us. And we can fill ourselves up with that so that we can be happier when we go visit other people. (laughs) So it was really, it was all worth it. It really was worth it. I couldn't see that that first Christmas when we're struggling but I can see it now. And I'm so glad that God worked all those things together for our good. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And I betcha there's someone listening today. That's like, Oh, I hear what she's saying. That sounds so hard, (laughs) but it sounds good, but it sounds hard. And it is, I mean, there's, you know, there's no sugarcoating it. It is hard, especially especially for those of us who made it to, you know, 45 or 50 without boundaries, right? I mean, oh man, when you first assert that, no, I think I'm going to do it this way. 
Woo, that can be painful, but thanks for talking about that and for sharing that story, Sarah. I just, I felt like when we talked last time, the boundaries thing is something that came out. I was like, yeah, that's such a very real part of our body image and comparison issues is that what do other people expect of us? But then there's also this whole thing going on in our heads with, you know, I, I think, and I, I talk about this in burden of better, how like I, it doesn't even really matter what you think of me because I can kind of decide what you think of me and like, try to improve your opinion of me without me even knowing whether or not you're displeased. <laughs> right. It's like, uh Oh, did you, did you look at me kind of cross crossways? Like, Oh, <laughs> okay. I better be nicer to you. So you like me more, right? Like we can do right. all these mental gymnastics. There's a whole lot going on in our heads and our thought lives. And that's what your book is about. Um, the transform your thought life book. And now you have Kind of revised, rewritten, adjusted for teenagers. Tell me, how was that process? How did you think like a teenager? Because I'm not sure if I have that ability. <laughs> well, I have a photographic memory. So uh, my first memory is actually when I was 16 months old. I live in Southeast Missouri and we got a two foot snow, a blizzard. And that's, you don't get that where I live. Um, you know, 12 inches is huge, but two feet shuts this entire place down. Uh-huh. And I remember standing on the couch and my tippy toes in my one piece. I can feel it. I have all the, the sensory details, the footy pajamas, right? And I'm looking out the window and it's just a sea of white And my mom is on the phone and the phone was one of those with a 50 foot cord, you know Uh what I'm talking about. Uh uh And she's worried. She's worried about my dad who was walking, walking five miles out here where I live now, where the, the family farm was to save the cattle at my great grandparents' farm to get them all in the barn so they wouldn't freeze to death. Wow. And because you couldn't drive, they had shut. I mean, the police were prohibiting people from trying to drive. So he had to walk in the bitter cold. And I, as a 16 month old, was worried about my daddy. That's my first memory. Wow. So I can literally go back into ninth grade, 10th grade, 11th Uh grade, 12th grade and relive with the same clothes I had on the smells, what I ate that day, like I have all those memories stored. And I think that I truly believe that the Lord gave me that gift so that I can write in a way that makes connections with people. Yeah. Because I think the best writing is through storytelling. Absolutely. Even, even for nonfiction writers like us. Yeah. And that's how you unlock other people's stories. So what I did with this book and you were an endorser, Heather, which is so kind of you to read the whole thing. That was good. Before it was out. But (laughs) uh, every single chapter, I tell a story and I do that in the adult version too, but a lot of the stories didn't transfer because that's not what teen girls are thinking about yet. So I had to go back and think, well, what, what is an example of jealous thoughts I have as a teenager? What was an example of self-focused thoughts or idolatrous thoughts or regretful thoughts? And 
I had to go back and it was, it was hard. I wrote that book during the pandemic. I actually wrote it in 31 days. It's basically a rewrite of the adult book, uh, which is actually great because what I've done for these two books, me and my assistant have put together a discussion guide that's free on my website. Okay. So that if say a mom and a daughter want to read these two books, they can discuss it together or a youth group uh, leader and the teen in the group, or even a dad and a daughter. Um, You can have those discussions based on those books but they've got a similar format. The The teen book does have four additional chapters because teens deal with some of those problems more than we do as mm-hmm. adults. So I needed to address that for them. Yeah. Wow. Well, I loved it. I think it'll be super helpful for teen girls. The bottom line is we have to be aware of these thoughts, right? And so- right. And as I say, think about like our teenagers, there's so many messages that they're getting from so many different places that it feels like just even being aware is kind of a, the first obstacle, if you will. Can can you talk to me about that at all? Yeah, I can think back when I, when I go back to those photographic memories I have, I think, you know, I was a church girl. I had grown up in a Uh, Christian school, went to a public high school, but I didn't understand at the time how to apply what I had learned Mm -hmm. uh, being, you know, uh, in confirmation, eighth grade, I had to memorize a hundred verses, but I hadn't learned how to apply those to specific thought life problems. Yeah. So I think if girls can learn now just to have one verse per problem at, to use as an arrow really to fight back in those spiritual battles. Cause all this is really a spiritual battle. Yes. It's a, it's a battle in our thought lives, but it's really Satan trying to hold us down and keep us from our full potential in Christ. So if she could just, when she's feeling lonely, you know, to shoot back and say, look, Satan, God says he sets the lonely in families. And I'm clinging to that promise today. He has a family for me. He has a family for me in my church. He has a family for me planned for the future. And I'm not going to let him get me down. You know, just something that simple can change everything. And I just wish I had understood that concept sooner Mm -hmm. because I feel like I would have been better equipped for all the struggles that I faced as a teen. And even now, looking back, my teen years were the darkest ones of my life. Mm. They still are that way. Mm. And I just feel like I would have been so much better served during that time period, but also moving forward into college, into young adult years, if I had understood how to apply apply scripture and use it to fight back in, in my thought life battles. Yeah. I love that. And I mean, you're exactly right. Like that's, that's what our girls need. And it's, I think that there is a big disconnect, right? You know, I mean, read the Bible, like my pastor a few months ago challenged our congregation. He was like, listen, you force your kids to do their math homework, right? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but yet, oh, well, I don't want to tell them to read the Bible because that could turn them off. He's like, you're not afraid to turn them off to math, 
why are you afraid of turning them off to the Bible by making them read their Bibles? Right. And I was like, oh yeah, you got me there. Right. Cause it's like, it's on their list, but you know, oh, I'm not going to beat you over the head with that one, but they need to know the word of God. Right. Because otherwise they have no defense, you know? And, right. and so I love how your book, helps kind of pick out helpful verses, helpful scriptures for each of these issues that they're going to be facing. Well, Hey, will you kind of just rattle off? Like what are some of the other issues in the book for those who maybe didn't get to read? So thought life categories and each of this has a chapter and then the antidote to that problem in the chapter. So careless, negative, anxious, which is the biggest one for teens, Mm -hmm. uh, self-critical, thoughts that criticize others, fearful, idolatrous, lonely, self-focused, jealous, angry, unforgiving, guilty, defeated, regretful, painful, impure, confused, shameful, thoughts of self-harm, and untrue thoughts. So each one of those um, has not just the problem, not just verses that address the problem, but also the solution. So for example, you know, in the anxious thoughts chapter, there's verses about anxiety, but then there's verses about peace. Yeah. And each of these chapters is pretty short. I shortened each one by about 1500 words. Yeah. uh, Because I know teens are first of all, really, really busy. Right. Right. Uh, And second of all, their attention spans just aren't the yeah. same as those of us who grew up reading and um, without the internet. Right. <laughs> so uh, I shortened them because I wanted to respect uh, meet teens where they're at yeah. and uh, just help them to get through these uh, situations with just really practical uh, tips and stories to help them out. Yeah, that's great. And I mean, I did, I felt like when I was reading it, that I was like, boy, you thought of everything, Sarah. <laughs> like, I couldn't think of an issue that you hadn't like addressed in some way. So I really, really enjoyed that and appreciated that about the book. It came out this fall and mm-hmm. where can everyone find this book and, and go ahead and say the full title, because I don't know that I've, I've given the full title. of Yeah, it sure. So it's transforming your thought life for teens, renew your mind with God. I like that. Now the cover is very floral. So it's intended, it's really intended for teen girls, but I don't think if there was a teen boy who wanted to read this, he could put a slip cover on it and probably get a lot out of <laughs> yeah. it. If you want to get it, just go to the front page of sarahgeringer.com and I'll have all the retailers listed. Great for a Christmas gift, but as my own daughter said, she's <laughs> 13, she said, mom, there's a lot of girls who are going to get this book. And then just let it sit on a shelf. It's my own daughter. Yeah. And so I said, well, that's why I've made the discussion guide because here's something I learned in my research about writing this book. The one thing that both the Pew Research Center, which is secular and the Barna Research Group, which studies churches, is that Gen Z, which is anyone like 22 years of age and younger, is very open to having faith-based discussions with adults. They're very open to that. Mm. But we adults have to take the lead on that. And the key is authenticity. Mm. 
Gen Z wants authenticity. They don't want sugar-coated stories. They don't want yeah. all the victory stories. Yeah. They want the hard, gritty stuff. And they yeah. want to know how you overcame it with God's help. That's yeah. what they want to know. So that's exactly why my assistant and I, and she has a degree in teaching. So she did a great job on these worksheets. Yeah. We made this resource for free that you can sign up on my site. It's 26 pages. Okay. Uh, and you can use it in your church group if you want to get the adults talking about the struggles right. in their thought lives so that they can have a discussion with their teens. Cause that's the only way anything's really going to change. If yeah. we lead the way with authenticity as adults, teens are going to respond. They want to hear this from us. The right. studies prove it. Yeah. So you can work on it together and yeah. don't be afraid to be imperfect in front of your teen because they actually want to see that. Yeah. They want to see it. I, I love that, Sarah, because I remember I worked for a psychologist for a, a little period of time, just at an organization I was at. And that was one of the questions he would get all the time when he spoke was, well, I don't want to tell my kids about the mistakes I made because I'm afraid that they will go do those things. And I just remember him over and over saying, no, that's actually not what the research shows. The research shows it's better for you to be honest with your kids about like the mistakes that you made and, you know, how, I mean, the, the organization we were working with, a lot of it was, you know, being pregnant before marriage or, you know, single pregnant, single mom pregnancy, that kind of thing. And he was like, it's so much better. Just talk to your kids openly about that and tell them you're hard, right? Tell them you're hard. Um, because that's, that's what they appreciate instead of the like, Oh, I'll never let my kids know I struggle. No, they're going to struggle. And so if they never, if they expect that you never sort of see that you never struggled or think that you never struggled, I mean, it's just setting them up for a heap of disappointment when they face their first struggle. Like, wait, what is this? So I, I love sure. that. I think that's, that's really solid advice. Well, Sarah, I really appreciate you being on today. And I really, I hope if you haven't checked out Sarah's book for adults on thought life, the transforming your thought life original book that you'll check that out. And I know it's at Amazon and Barnes and Noble and all the places books are sold christianbook.com, all those places, but then check out this teen version too, because I think you have to know someone in your life that could benefit from this or who works with teens or, you know, get one for your youth pastor. I mean, what if you're not connected to any teens, but, but I think this would be a really great resource. Our teens are struggling. They really are. They've got it harder, I think, than we had it. I just, I love the fact that you're, you're investing in, in the next generation. Sarah, tell everyone again, your website, where we can connect with you. SarahGaringer.com. I look forward to seeing you there and that free discussion guide. You'll see it right in the sidebar. Awesome. Well, Sarah, thanks so much for being on the show today. Thank you, Heather. Okay. And thank you for listening today. And I hope that something in today's episode has helped you stop comparing and start living. Bye-bye. Hey friend, would you check out the date on that episode you just listened to? Yeah, it's been a minute. Listening to old podcasts is almost like reading my diary from several years ago. 
In some cases, it's even a little embarrassing. So instead of listening straight through season by season, can I encourage you to skip ahead? I release brand new episodes every Tuesday and Friday. And if you're not sure where to start, you can go to improvebodyimage.com, find the Start Here button, and I've got several episodes listed and categorized so you can find the topics that are of most interest to you. Your time is valuable, so skip straight to the good stuff. I'm glad you're here. Thanks for letting me be a part of your body image and food freedom journey. Finding uplifting news in today's headlines is often like searching for a needle in a haystack. At the Story Behind podcast, we believe in the power of finding heartwarming tales and are happy to share empowering stories with you every week. Hear about how Steve Harvey surprised a dying man on Family Feud with $25,000. Get inspired by the note a waitress received from a patron dining alone. And even hear about how one VIP passenger made a hardworking pilot get emotional before his flight. To start listening to the Story Behind podcast, visit lifeaudio.com or search Story Behind on your favorite podcast platform.